in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandGunsitDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 635 of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live here in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, speaking of Les Schwab, uh, it's going to be segment two. So right after this segment, we have to tell you about the fact that they are collecting food again for the holidays. They're here to drive out hunger. We're here to help. We'll tell you all about it in 10 minutes. Before we get to that, though, I also want to talk about Urban Meyer, a guy who has won three national championships. He said he's no longer interested in coaching college sports because of two things. I'm thinking about this a lot because of these two things. It's one of the reasons why the University of Washington, we may see them in the national championship game this year. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. There's a new Stanford scientist that's done some research, and he says, hey, when it comes to free will... You don't have any. What the hell is he talking about? This is such an interesting concept. So um, I first heard about this through Sam Harris, the uh, guy that was a brain scientist at Stanford and then now does uh, the Waking Up podcast and the meditation app. So the the theory here is um, with Western society, so this this really sort of fall, and hopefully I can explain this well, between Western societies and like Eastern-based thought, in Western societies, we've been brought up to believe that there is dawn as you're sitting here right now, and then there's another little dawn in your head that is, in a sense, sort of floating above you, making decisions for dawn. You know what I'm saying? So that there's a, you have a version of dawn outside of your physical body, in a sense. Is, and is this your beyond, spirit? Is this beyond Darwinism? Uh, Not necessarily. The, the, this, this it is, sounds similar to the id and the ego. So, kind of. This is the thing of like when you um, are going to go run. Let's say you're going to go work out. There's this super dawn. This ex- exterior dawn. I love him. That, <laughs> that, that's the that's the version of dawn that makes this decision. That you go, wow. okay, do I want to work out today? And then this other version of dawn goes, you're going to work out. And the decision itself is initiated by this thing in your head that supposedly we all have. The, the decision comes from you, and the fact that you go and work out arises from the self-determination of, of I chose this. I went, I went through this last night and this morning. That's interesting that we're talking about this. Just, just so right you before make, this podcast, I went through this. You, made, the, you are in charge of that decision, and you made that decision. There is a so, so, segment of you that is in addition to yeah. and outside of the physical thing that I'm seeing right so, now. So let me ask you this. I'm, I'm in bed last night. I'm writing out the five things I want to accomplish in the morning. Uh, one of those is I had to run over to my Magnolia uh, short-term rental where we had our party. Some chairs got broken over there. So I had to glue and screw and re-sanitate and, and do some stuff. 
And, and glue, glue and screw wood, by the way, that, that could come off. <laughs> not that kind of glue and screw. Yeah, anyway, I have some people checking in today. I resanded, we stained the table, and I wanted to make sure it didn't still smell like stain because I had people that were checking in. So I, just, I had to go there and check. And then after that, I said, I'm going to get in a workout before the podcast. Uh, on the days where I have my son, we go, we work out after but I've been kind of, you've been sick, I've been sick, we've had this really bizarre cold, maybe a lot of you guys have had this, it hangs on for like three it weeks. Lingers. It lingers. Through the course of the day, you start to feel better, but when you get up in the morning, it's hell. It just is, and then I, when I'm laying there at night, it's, it's kind of, so I made it, a, so, so what is this? I, I put it on my list last night, I knew I wouldn't physically feel like it this morning, but it was the one thing that went on my list that I'm going to do the next day. And I always do my list. And, and, and so even when I was over in Magnolia and, and doing all the things that you do when, when you're sick uh, and you're spitting and coughing, and so I'm, I'm like, nope, I made that decision last night. I'm going to go, even if it's not the normal hour, 15-minute workout I'm going to do, I'm going to go put in 40, 40 minutes which I did, but I have to say today, usually it's automatic. Today it wasn't automatic, but I did make that decision last night. So the, 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 the people that believe in free will say that you are in control of that process, that there is some part of you or that is X, you know, sort of supersedes you that is in makes that is in control of that entire flow. Hmm. The people like Robert Sapolsky, who did this, uh, the scientist and people like, uh, Sam Harris are saying that's not true. If you actually study consciousness, human consciousness and how it flows and works, that there is no other Don controlling these decisions. That if you sit there and you're silent and you, and this is part of the meditation practice that Sam talks about, you don't have any control over the next thought that's going to come along. So you're sitting there and you go, I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. So you cross your legs. It's quiet. You close your eyes. You turn your phone off and you're like, I'm going to be here and I'm just going to focus on my breathing. That's what I'm going to do for 20 minutes. So about 15 seconds in, a thought comes in your head. that's like, did you leave the stove on? <laughs> and so you're like, oh man, that is so awesome. maybe I should get up. <laughs> it sounds like my meditation. <laughs> and, double, and double check if I left the stove on. Yeah. And then, so you're like, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm focused on my breathing. So I'm going to breathe and in and out. And then it's like, did I buy dog food yesterday? <laughs> Does Charlie have enough dog food? So, and so uh, it, it, the, the no free will people are saying that thing that you think of as free will is an illusion. Hmm. Really what is happening is that we don't have free will. You don't have any control over the next thought that arises. Yeah. And you have control of what you can make a decision once the thought arises, you can let that thought dissipate. You go, hmm. I don't need to get up and look at the stove right now. Yeah. I can I will look and see if we have dog food when this is over. But for my mental health and my meditation practice, these things are going to arise and then they're going to go away. Mm. And so as you get deeper into this thing of no free will, the interesting one Sam talks about that, that, I, that I really affiliate with is he has tinnitus or tinnitus, however you say it, similar to what we do. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so when it gets really bad for him, he'll do a meditation where he just acknowledges the actual sensations of this thing yeah. where he's like, my ears are ringing. What is that? What is the energy of my ears ringing actually feel like? 
how can I just experience what it means to be a human being with this ringing? Or it could be back pain or any sort of pain. I'm in discomfort. What does that feel like? I'm not trying to avoid it. I'm not trying to solve it. I'm allowing this sensation to arise not of my own free will. It's arising. It's happening. Mm. I'm feeling that ringing. I'm feeling this pain. I don't have any control. I can't turn it off. I can't say, I don't want my ears to ring anymore. In the same way that if a train went by the window, I couldn't choose to not hear that. It is going to arise. I'm going to hear the train. And so the non-free will people are saying, this is the actual state of consciousness. Consciousness is a flow of things that arise and then they go away. Things that you feel that you didn't cause and you didn't choose and that then they go away. And there's huge resistance to that in the Western world. We want to believe we're in control. We want to believe that we chose this thing. But the what the non-free will people say is that all you're doing with that is creating suffering because... I could go, well, the reason my ears rung is because I had headphones on with radio for 20 years. And if I wouldn't have turned them up that loud, I'm suffering because I'm da da da. Which is true. Which could, could be true. <laughs> That's but, the reason our, our ears ring. But I, like but right the thing now, my, is, ears are, my ears are ringing, but I don't notice it anymore unless I'm trying to sleep or the room's very silent. Right. And so I'm in a room always where there's a fan on. So when I sleep at night, there's two fans but on. So you figured a way to deal with that. To deal with it, yeah. So it's, it's, and, and it goes way deeper than what I'm just scratching the surface on these two schools of thought. But this, the no free will camp is saying if you just allow thoughts and sensations and energy levels to arise and then you can consider them. And then they will go away. You're not putting a judgment over the top. What, of what, what, what about though when you really concentrate on something? So, and we're all adults here. Talk about masturbation. When you masturbate, you're usually you're. For me, it's not pornography. For me, it's memories of people that I've had relations with. That's exciting to me. So, so I could focus on that for five, six minutes, or however long that takes. Uh, or if I'm doing focused work in our business, I'm very focused on that work or the guys from Les Schwab are just here and we're talking about, uh, hunger and driving out hunger. And I was very focused on that conversation. Even when you're focused, you you could still have the thought of do I, did I buy dog food? Even when you're having sex with someone, a rogue thought can come into your mind. And so it's not saying that you don't have any autonomy in your life. It's saying that the flow of consciousness is outside of our control. So it's about what you think or about what you do. Like, so it doesn't matter. So if you were to murder me, there's nothing you could do about it because you don't, you don't, you don't, I, you, so, 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 so so in something that drastic, Robert Sapolsky in his new book argues up to criminality and saying, he's saying that, including criminality. And I haven't read his book, but it'll be interesting to read. He's a neuroscientist and he's looking at this at the millisecond level inside of a brain chemistry of saying that, uh, for instance, there's a plane flying by right now. And I don't know if it's coming through the microphone, but I can't choose to not hear that plane. The plane happened, the sound wave hit my ear. I have no control over whether or not my brain goes, oh, that's a plane that just flew by. That thought, I don't have control over that thought, and now it can dissipate. The sound is going away. 
I can let that thought go, or I could choose in the Western way. God damn it. That just ruined the show. We got to start over. I can place a judgment on that and say that I should have control for that. We should soundproof this room. Why isn't that window closed? Don, what the hell's going on? I can choose to react to that in a way where if I thought I had control over that sound, that causes suffering. So what do you, so what do you, or I can say that thing just happened. I know I wish it wouldn't have happened because it, it is bad for the podcast if planes are flying by all the time, but I don't have control over that. I'm going to experience it. I'm going to let it go. I haven't read the book yet. I, I, what do you think? I don't personally have not studied enough to say that we, that criminality, uh, is a hundred percent outside people's control. However, I'm open to the science of, um, Let's take a very common example. I had a person high out of their mind a couple of weeks ago walk through my front door because my front door was open. I was trying to get a breeze in the house. So it was hotter. Um, person was clearly on some sort of drug. If that person had stolen something or had assaulted me or whatever, do I think they were in 100% control of their behavior? Absolutely not. Because their frontal lobes are shut down. Right, because they are on a substance. So where do we draw that line? You shut down the frontal lobes. Where do we draw that line? I'm not smart enough to know. What I do know is that thinking about free will and whether or not I should judge every thought that comes by and learning through mindfulness to sometimes just experience something and not... Yeah. Not have a commentary on it. That's good. I like that. Is good of saying sometimes you have a weird thought. Yeah. Of, and it could be like, I I should, what would we like to kill myself? Like most people. You could think, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm in a situation right now where it's like, I should punish that person in a way. I should should punish that person. (laughs) I'll help you. But like, (laughs) when you have that thought, of just going, huh? What does that feel like? What is that? Why you yeah. know? And, and just let it, let it go. Yeah. Uh, and get back to a state of equanimity. It's it's really interesting to yeah. think about. What's interesting is we know nothing about the brain. We do know when they look at the serial killers and they look at their brain, their brains do look different. Uh, and when they study frontal lobes, which is the breaking system of the brain, the amygdala, uh, that. For instance, your dog doesn't have that. So that's why they're impulsive. They don't have frontal lobes. And that's why when they're very young, you have to teach them commands. And and there has to be a little, like like when I was teaching Charlie, I've never hit him, but I certainly have taken his ear when he's done something wrong when he was a puppy. And I sent a signal of pain by turning that ear and letting him know. Uh, next door, we had a big barking dog. They put a shock collar on their dog, which they were horrified to do. So they had to do some research on that. And they found out uh, the shock isn't really what you think it is. And once that dog has experienced that shock a number of times, I see that dog now. And it was this big German shepherd that would wake up the neighborhood that, that no longer does that. And it's allowed the dog to stay with his family and have a great life because otherwise they, they didn't know what they were going to do with this dog. So I, 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 I think it's fascinating. 
I think we have to be open to reading this kind of research in neuroscience. I'll send you a podcast yeah. on that Sam does on the bra- is there a free will. The brain is a muscle, and I think in the, in the same way that my biceps are different than Ron's, I, I think sometimes the brain and the muscle of the brain is different and evolving too. And I also think it's really interesting when you talked about being in the West. I think a lot of that, those decisions, good versus evil, I had something on my Facebook page where somebody wrote me the other day and they're writing about God and Satan and, and what is God and what is Satan. And I'm like, man, I'd rather just hang out with Satan. It looks like he's having more fun. We'll see you <laughs> on the other side of that. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Happy summer. Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. It is the summer driving season and they have a huge sale coming up. They have this every summer. But they're doing something I haven't seen them do ever. This is pretty cool if you want to drive into a Les Schwab and boom, immediately put $200 in your pocket. Yeah, right now on the summer sale, you get a prepaid MasterCard valued at up to $200 when you purchase a set of four qualifying tires. You can save an additional $50 when you purchase the tires with your Les Schwab account. Sale ends on July 8th. All right, so Les Schwab, schedule that appointment right now at leschwab.com or when you see one of the 84 locations, you can just drive in and, and take a look at that time. You can stop by any location, tell them Ron and Don sent you. That's $200 with four select tires. Les Schwab, they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Investors, listen to me. You know, some investors aren't really investors. They're flippers. They're looking to buy a house and uh, flip it. But did you know that 40% of all Americans that hold a mortgage were refinanced down to a 2.8, 2.9, or 3.0. That's why you don't see any homes on the market right now for investors unless, unless you're willing to get in there and compete and not flip. That means investors, instead of being a flipper, you have to do what I do and become a buy and holder, right? And we can teach you how to buy and hold investors with a Ron and Don sit down. Yeah, it all starts really simply with a Ron and Don sit down. It's about a 30 to 45 minute Zoom call, free of charge. There's no obligation. We'll see if we make a good team. Email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com, or you can go to the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the to the Ron and Don show. And as you know, Ron and I have been spokesmodels, <laughs> spokesmen uh, for Les Schwab for quite some time. In fact, we were on Terrestrial Radio at Cairo. I can remember the first time they said, hey, the guys from Les Schwab want to talk to you. Uh, and so we went into this boardroom. 20 of the guys showed up. They all were had their working white shirts on, uh, Les Schwab. And you know they've been doing the right thing since 1952. And we sat down, and I thought we were going to talk about tires, Ron. And it wasn't about tires. They wanted to talk about food. They wanted to talk about toys. They want to talk about community. They want to talk about kids. They wanted to talk about helping people in the neighborhoods where they live, work, and play. And that's one of the reasons why Corey is here today from the Lakewood store, because we're going to talk about something we've been talking about for a long, long time. Here in the Pacific Northwest, specifically in Seattle, we always hear about tech workers and everybody's doing great. And the bottom line is this. There are a lot of people out there still with food insecurity, right? Yeah, especially uh, going through the COVID pandemic. So, Corey, talk to us about how many years you guys have been doing this food drive, because it's, it's one of those touchstones that we look to every year. 
Right. Yeah. Um, we've been doing the drive out the hunger food drive for the past 20 years now. So it's really become a staple of what Les Schwab Tire Center is all about and, you know, trying to um, gather food and help out the families in need within our community. How do you guys have it set up? Because a lot of times a disaster happens or something like this. I give to not to name any names, someone like the Red Cross. I don't know if that money goes there. I don't know if it stays in the state of Washington. It's just sort of like I felt guilty and I gave 20 bucks. With the Les Schwab food drive, does this stuff, like if I go to the Lakewood store, where does that food go? Great question. Um, all of the food stays local within Western Washington. Um, we've partnered with Airmark and Food Lifeline, and all of the food goes directly to Food Lifeline, who then distributes it out to um, food banks and charities and everyone local here in Western Washington that needs that food. So it goes to the people the most in need. So uh, we were talking a little bit off air. I asked you permission if I could ask this, but you were telling me as a kid, there's a couple instances where your family had food insecurity. What was that like? What what was the, the circumstance? Yeah, growing up, there was, uh, you know, several years where we needed assistance with food and were able to get donations from food banks and, you know, be a family that was blessed by other people donating food. And and that's why this has such a, you know, heavy place in my heart. And I love, um, you know, being able to help now gather food through our stores and be able to give back to the community. Cool. So my, my dad had that growing up and he was very ashamed by it. He didn't like to talk about it. Uh, the couple times I did get him to talk about it, he carried a lot of guilt and shame around not being able to get the food that he wanted. I know that may have just been him. Did you feel that? Did you feel different at school or whatever? Of like you didn't have the Dorito bag and everyone else had Doritos? No, I never viewed it like that. Um, you know, I always viewed it as a blessing to have that and to be able to get that from other people. And really, I think Les Schwab Tire Center customers are very generous. Um, they're great people and they love giving back. And so this has just been, you know, a great thing for us. So yeah. let's talk about the mechanics real quick, um, because... I know but the Les Schwab that I go to is kind of right by a grocery store. There's a grocery store. And I know probably most, in fact, the two that I go to are either right across from a Fred Meyer or right next to a Safeway. How do you guys, what's the mechanism on how we're going to get the food? So we have over 84 locations in Western Washington that anyone can donate to. Uh, just pull up to the store and a crew member will come out and gather the food from you, or you can bring it into the store. And we have collection boxes um, at every Western Washington Lush Tire Center. Yeah. I have to tell you, I do this every year with my son. Uh, we go over to Ballard. There's a Les Schwab uh, affiliated store right over there. Uh, and we often will, there's, there's, there, there's a little Trader Joe's there we, that we go to. And so after we get, to go, get done working out, we get out two carts and the one cart is for us. And then in the other cart, we just fill it up with all kinds of really cool Trader Joe's stuff. And I have to tell you, uh, and this isn't a plug for Trader Joe's, but I guess it is. Uh, sometimes when you go to other grocery stores, it can be so expensive and Trader Joe's, your dollar just goes a lot farther. And so we go in there. We have a lot of fun as a family. He's 13 now. And, we, and we've been doing this ever since he was a baby. We fill that card up. I take pictures of us filling this card up. I put it out on my social media channels. We send it out on our newsletter. We talk about it on a podcast. Uh, Ron and Don TV is coming. So it'll be up on Ron and Don TV. And, and, then, and then we will go... Uh, to the affiliated store, the Les Schwab, we'll walk in there 
and we'll just start filling it with groceries. And, and I have to say, in a lot of ways, I think he and I may get a lot more out of it than other people do, because that is the spirit of Les Schwab. That is the spirit. That was that when he started these stores in Oregon back in 1952, it was all about giving back to the community, and it's real. I can tell you every year when I sat down with gentlemen like Corey at this big table when we worked at Cairo, and we would check in with each other, these guys wanted to talk about the food drive. They want to talk about their toy drive every year. And oh, then, oh, by the way, we sell tires. And I love the fact that even if you buy your tires somewhere else, you get a flat, you pull in there, they fix it. They don't charge you. They send you on your way. And you know that that's true. Uh, I just took Corey down to my truck. I have some Les Schwab tires on it I bought a number of years ago. I thought I maybe needed some new tires. He walked around the truck and he goes, Don, uh, these tires look beautiful. You don't need new tires. That's what you experience when you go in the store. Sometimes when someone does, does a food drive, it's a flim flam. You come in, you drop off the food, and then boom, they're trying to sell you a battery or tire, whatever it is they sell. That's not what they do here. So they have 84 locations in Western Washington to serve you. All you have to do is pull into the drive. You can hand them the food through the window. You can also go online. In fact, we have a website set up right now if people just want to financially donate, right? Yeah, anyone can go to lesschwab.com forward slash Ron and Don and you can donate there. And we also take cash donations in the store as well. Yeah. Is, there, is there stuff that's off limits? Like do you, we probably shouldn't be buying bananas. Yeah, we prefer uh, non-perishable foods would, would be ideal. Yeah, and, and, and then before you go, Ron, talk a little bit about Food Lifeline, because Food Lifeline, for people that maybe just moved to the area, it, they are an umbrella organization uh, for all kinds of food banks out yeah, there. Yeah, they have volume buying power. Um, they also have distribution centers all over. I've been to, to Food Lifeline warehouses. Uh, they are very thoughtful in the way they've put together uh, a basket for different family sizes. And I'll just say this, because I think if you're doing okay... Uh, and your family is, is food secure. You take it for granted. Like I went to Trader Joe's last week, took it for granted that a hundred dollars is not going to make or break me. Like I could go in. I wasn't real. I just bought what I wanted. I was hungry for and bought it. When you are food insecure, it is so hard to seek out help, especially mm. if you're a man with kids and you're working. Yeah. Um, the, the, it is difficult to admit. Hey, I need some help this month. I need some help right now. I am going to go to Food Lifeline or to a church or to Les Schwab and ask for help. That's very hard. So if you are okay and you do have a little bit extra, places like Food Lifeline uh, can leverage your money or help to, to distribute this to people in need. It is not a thing where someone's like, yay, I get to get assistance with their food. It, you, you carry that as a dad and as a mom. And so if this is something you can do, uh, we would really appreciate it. Say, hey, Ron and Don sent me. Here's a bag. You can be half a bag. You can buy some canned goods. Like you don't have to spend a thousand dollars on this. Add a few extra items, right? Like this. This is something where every can helps. Absolutely. the The power of the food drive is everyone in the community coming together and uh, you know donating one can, two cans, ten cans, any anything that you can. A cart is great. I mean, anything that anyone can add just brings value to yeah. that. Yeah, and I tell you, if you do this with your kids, if you have kids, or you do this with your partner, your neighbors. 
even if you have a party and you invite the neighbors over and say, hey, we're going to take all these things, we're going we're to gather them up, go to Les Schwab. You, you've heard that adage, it, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It is more blessed. The word blessed means privilege. And we are very privileged to give. And I just have to tell you, there is, is something in that human to human connection when, when, when you give something away, especially during this time of season, uh, that you can't buy in a beer can. You, 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 you can't buy in a prescription. Uh, you, you can't buy that kind of high and that goodwill towards other human and other men. And I'll just, I'll, I'll say this. Last year, my friend Colby called me up and he said, hey, uh, do you want to come and work at this local food bank that is connected to Food Lifeline? And so I went there on a Thursday. And what happens is we, we, we have names from where my son goes to school. And we pack up these backpacks. And, and the kids on Friday, every other week, they will take these backpacks home. Nothing is said. And this is uh, an opportunity. In fact, each and every week, my son's uh, middle school reaches out and says, hey, don't forget, if, if you're having food insecurity right now, uh, there is help and please reach out. So we were, we were sitting there and we were filling up these bags. And I was filling up the bags of one of the young boys that was on his baseball team at the time. And I just didn't know. It's like you would, you would, you would never know. And you're thinking, wow, you live in a neighborhood like Queen Anne. There's people on Queen Anne or Ballard or Magnolia that have food insecurity. There's people everywhere that have food insecurity. And I, and I, and and I just thought about what, what would it be like to have your child on a Friday at school? bring home that backpack, open that up, be able to provide lunches and bread through, through the weekend. Cause that's really what it, what it's for is to get these families through the weekend. Cause a lot of these kids are on programs to eat at school. And, and, and I have to tell you, it, it really, it, it, that's what, that, that's what made me uh, grab my son and say, Hey, we, we, we even have to get more involved this year. And Corey, before you go, since COVID, we, we've kind of seen when, when, it, when it comes to food, especially we, we've seen a little less giving because I think all of us feel a little more insecure about the economy and when things are going. And I tell you what, when you walk in the store, if you have a job, food is very, very expensive. And think about it if you don't have a job right now. Food out there is very, very expensive right now. And that's really why we're inviting all of you that have a little extra uh, to really step up this year and help the others that don't, right? Yeah, absolutely. And things are challenging for every family out there. And again, just every little thing that you can do can make a huge difference for someone else. So there's no such thing as a gift that's too small. So um Every, every little bit. And helps. then my final question, we need, there is a deadline to this because it has to be sorted and distributed. What's the deadline? Yes, it's November 11th. So the food drive's on right now, right happening now. right now and going till November 11th. So again, you can go to any Les Schwab Tire Center in Western Washington and we have uh, donation locations. Over. Okay, so before Corey goes, we're going to take a picture of him here in our studio along with Ron and myself and Charlie the dog. We're going to take all this information. I will put it out on my Facebook page and my Instagram and I 
Uh, Ron will do the same. Thousands of you follow us there. We are going to put it in the notes of our newsletter. So we're going to send out a very special newsletter uh, to the 6,000 of you that are on the newsletter. So that information will be out there. So in case you're listening to the podcast and you're like, yeah, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself, but what was it those guys were talking about? And don't forget, there's 84 locations alone in Western Washington. They're in every neighborhood. And so if you jump on your mapping system in your phone, punch in Les Schwab, chances are there, there's a Les Schwab within two to three miles. And in fact, Corey drove all the way up from Lakewood today. So we really appreciate that. Let's remind them once again, if they're listening and they just, they, they just, maybe they're far away and you're part of the Ron and Don nation and you're in Texas, uh, but you want to be a part of something bigger than yourselves. What, what can you do to actually give online? So again, uh, anyone can go to leschwab.com forward slash Ron and Don uh, to make a donation and uh, appreciate you guys helping us get the word out on this. We definitely want to be able to make a big impact for those families. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing it. Thanks to Jake for uh, sending Corey to us. You did a great job today representing the store Food Lifeline. Our thanks to Aramark. And of course, uh, uh, once again, all the great men and women of Les Schwab Tire Centers. Don't forget Les Schwab. What have they been doing? the right thing since 1952. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron. I'm here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. And Mitch, we've seen interest rates rise rapidly here uh, over the past year, 18 months. In the industry, what are you thinking is going to happen going forward? So they're still projecting rates are going to drop here near the end of the summer, definitely within the next year. And that means that now is the time to buy. So interest rates are going to drop. As we've said, we will help with the refinance on the back end. But rates dropping could mean a big influx in demand. Now, right now, there's a lack of supply, a lack of inventory because people aren't willing to sell and get out of their low rates. If you buy now, you can beat the rush later. Okay, and also then when the rates do drop, we can replace that rate with the new one. We sure can. Rate and replace. All right, he's Mitch at Mitch.Loans. You can buy now, replace the rate later when it drops, and Mitch take care of your loan fees. It's Mitch.Loans. All right, you guys, again, our thanks to Les Schwab's uh, stopping by the Ron and Don Show. Please, 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 please help if you hear this uh, and you have intention Please just do it. I will put this up on my Facebook page, Don O'Neill. Ron will have it up, Ron Upshaw. If you're driving in your car right now, we'll also send it out in our newsletter. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. You'll get one newsletter from us a week, maybe three a month. We don't sell your information. You don't hear from us five times a day. We're not going to spam you with 10 different things about our real estate. We don't do that. So The other thing with Les Schwab, and if you're super busy and you just see one, you're driving around right now, you can literally drive in. Uh, give them 10 bucks. And, and if you don't have time to go to the store, buy things, put them in a bag and take them over there, yeah. you can give them 10 bucks or go to Ron, uh, leshwab.com slash Ron and Don uh, and do it online. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is kind of interesting because Deion Sanders uh, and the Colorado Buffaloes are in the news a lot. They're four and three. SNL just did a skit on him that I thought was incredible. 30 for 30 on ESPN. I showed it to my son about, uh, it's called Dion's Double Play. If you want to like that one. 
It's it was, good, right? Yeah, because you had talked about it. We, we loved it. We absolutely loved it. So watch Dion Doubles play on 30 of 30, and you'll see him as a baseball player. For Dion, the, before he got his teeth fixed, is a yeah. totally different look. Yeah, you'll see him with the Atlanta Braves and then getting on a plane and playing for the Atlanta Falcons. It is so, so great. So I think I'll think you'll I think you'll enjoy that. And then when he goes after Carver with the ice bucket, wow. So again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there are 30 different movie makers that ESPN gave money to and said go out and create 30 different stories. It's called 30 for 30. And uh, chances are you you probably have it on your cable provider. You can find that on the internet. And there's one on the internet called Dion Dion's Double Play. Th- this is interesting to me because we're sitting here and at the time of this taping, the Washington Huskies a couple of weeks ago beat Michigan State. Michigan State right now, there's some controversy, and they're out looking for a new football coach. One of the coaches they wanted to hire, his name is Urban Meyer. You probably remember him. They hired him. and they, A lot of times college guys don't make it in the NFL, vice versa. He went to the NFL. He had some issues there. He got fired 10 games in. But he has had great success. He's won a couple national championships. At Ohio State, also at Florida State. Yeah, he won three different national championships uh, with three different teams. Uh, he's highly respected. He's still fairly young. He has some health issues when he was coaching. He said that's why you left the first time. He's never told us what those health issues uh, were or are, uh, and it's none of our business, so I'm okay with that. Anyway, uh, that job at Michigan State, they were interested in hiring him, and he just came out publicly and he said, hey, don't waste your time. I am very appreciative for the time that I had in college football. Uh, he is now on the Sunday morning or the Saturday morning broadcast uh, that, that goes around the country. And he's one of the commentators that sits at the desk on game day. So he gets to travel a little bit. He gets to be around college football. Uh, but it, it's not the grind. He said when he, he was a college football coach, he became addicted to a lot of things, including sleeping pills. He said he never took a day off. He never really took a vacation. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, he, he now is doing those things. And he said it's very good for his mental health. And again, he has no, no interest and becoming a uh, becoming a football coach again. He said one of the other reasons is because of the NIL deals, and Ron, I'm going to let you talk about this, and this thing called the transfer portal. It's one of the reasons why Deion Sanders, who took the Colorado Buffaloes in their first year, only won one game last year. They now won four. And it's also one of the reasons that the Washington Huskies have Michael Penix Jr., And Michael Penix Jr. came to us through the transfer portal. They now have an opportunity, an opportunity to join the final four teams and win a national championship. They couldn't do that without the transfer portal. And oh, by the way, turn on your TV set and Penix Jr., one of the reasons he stayed at the University of Washington for an extra year is to get more experience before he went to the NFL. But it's also because he's making a lot of money being a local spokesperson right here in Western Washington, and right? If you don't know what NIL is, it stands for Name, Image, Likeness. And this goes back to a lawsuit. I find this fascinating. It means that college players can now get paid. So for decades and decades, if not a century, uh, when a college football athlete was playing on uh, a football team or baseball team or whatever, the only thing they could get was a scholarship and then uh, room and board. So you would get a, a full ride scholarship meant that you would go to, let's say, the University of Washington, 
uh, you wouldn't pay tuition. You would get uh, all your books paid for and you would get some sort of meal program or some sort of, uh, you know, housing stipend. And so that's all you could get that put all of the uh, and it was very, very hard to transfer to another college. So in a sense, the coach and the program owned you for four years and it was very punitive to do that. So there was a case where <coughs> it was a UCLA player. There was a, um, a video game. Uh, and in this video game, you could choose to be which player you wanted to be. And so this particular, I think his name was Ed O'Bannon, I believe. He was like, wait a minute. The game company's getting paid. The college is getting paid. The coach is getting paid. The players that buy the game for $75 can go out and they can choose to be me. You're using my name my jersey number, my image, my likeness, and I'm getting $0 for that. So he filed a lawsuit. And the NCAA would say, well, we're not putting your name on the back of the jersey, but the bottom line is... Yeah, at first they did. Oh, they did at put first, the name? The, the first couple iterations of NCAA football on video game. So he sued. I It went through the courts, and he ended up winning. Mm. And so there's a landmark decision that said, these athletes own their name, their likeness, and their image. So they can go out, and if they want to, like Johnny Manziel got in trouble because he didn't own his name. He couldn't go out and sign his name on a Johnny Manziel jersey and profit from that. That broke NCAA rules. Now you could do that. Now you could sign your name on a jersey. So um, back to this concept. So now NIL is there. Urban Meyer is saying, I don't like that. I like the good old days when I could, uh, if it was a five-star recruit, I go to their house, I wow mom and dad, I get them to sign that contract that they've committed to the, the program that I'm coaching, and I locked them down for four years. Uh, they, they got penalized if they wanted to transfer. You had to sit out a year. Uh, and so the Urban Meyer held the cards. And if he could uh, collect all of these players – he knew in two or three years that he had a good chance of winning the championship. That, this is what uh, Nick Saban has done for years and years. All the famous coaches you can think of, that's the way to do it. Dion said, no, I'm going to play this new game. I know how to fill up stadium. I know how to create buzz. I know how social media works. I know how to get paid because I, that's what I've been doing my whole life. When people tried to stop me from getting paid, I got a shoe deal. I got uh, a jewelry deal. I made a music contract. I went out and got paid because I owned my name, image, and likeness. And so Urban Meyer, I think it's more the latter than the former. Urban Meyer doesn't want to be that guy yeah. that goes out and recruits a player and then has to, in a sense, not coddle the player, but make sure the player is happy. Because what players do now is if they go play for a big program and that coach is an a-hole, they're like, I'm out. I'm yeah. going in the portal. I'm playing next year. I'm going to find a different program. Yeah, and it used to be Alabama to have five quarterbacks, six quarterbacks there. I would just sit there. You wouldn't leave because the penalty with the NCAA is if you left, wherever you went, you'd have to sit out a full year. You would have to get the NCAA permission to go ahead and transfer, and then you could play. And a lot of times you'd lose your judge and you'd lose your seat uh, literally on the sideline. So here's a great example. Brock Heward, who still does uh, mornings uh, here on the, I don't think they call it ESPN anymore. I think it's just Seattle sports. He's on with Mike. I was listening to them this morning. They did a great interview and I sent him a note and he sent a note back. His nephew played at Kennedy. I watched his nephew play a number of years ago 
at Kennedy, and he get four, 450, 500 yards a game. He's really an amazing football player. He goes to the University of Washington. He's recruited. The University of Washington does all this work to recruit him to the University of Washington. It's a big deal that he came. Then he sees that Michael Penix Jr. is in front of him, and he has an opportunity, as they do every spring, to beat him out, and he can't. And then Michael Penix Jr. announces... I'm staying at the University of Washington to play another year. Because he made that decision, uh, Brock's nephew said, I'm going to hit the transfer portal. He did, and he's playing somewhere, I think, down in the Carolinas as a result of that. Because he's like, I want to play now. I don't want to sit at the bench on the, on the bench and be the second, third, or fourth guy. And in this case, maybe he was the second and third guy sitting behind another guy that has now made a decision to stay because of the NI deal, NIL deals he has. And also in professional sports, especially at the NFL level, if you don't have at least two years of being great in college, uh, you don't make the money uh, than if you just transfer, you play for a year, and then NFL recruits you because they don't have enough film on you, and there's been too many busts at the NFL level. So they, they want to see guys stay in college a couple of years longer, and as a result of that, it's we're, we are so lucky that Michael Penix Jr. has stayed, that we may have an opportunity here to play for the national championship. That would not happen without the NIL that Ron just so beautifully explained. And that also would not happen uh, without the transfer portal. So we will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Hope you enjoyed this edition. If you need us, Ron, what do people need to do to just reach out? We do something called the Ron and Don Sit Down. Yeah, let's go to the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. It is for real estate. So if you are wanting to buy, if you've thought about selling, maybe you're downsizing or, or a life event happened where real estate is involved, it could be a probate, a family member has passed away and you need to sell that house. Don and I have a lot of expertise in that area. Area, reverse mortgages, all of that stuff. Uh, dealing with probate and getting powers of attorney uh, and, and bringing that house to market. We're very good at that. So set up a time. It's a 30, 45 minute Zoom call starts things off. We'll see if we're make a good match and then we can take in and customize a plan just for you. It starts with a sit down, ronadonsitdown.com. Yeah. And don't forget Corey, Jake from Les Schwab. Just want to remind us Corey's here from the Lakewood store. It is time to drive out hunger now. There are a lot of families out there that have food insecurity now. If you've gone in the grocery stores, what a gallon of milk cost? Uh, wow. I was looking at eggs the other day and went, am I really going to use 12 eggs? Maybe I'll just buy six because they were so expensive. Food is so expensive, you guys. So there's a lot of people that might consider themselves lower middle class. They can't afford food, right? They are showing up at food banks in droves. They really need your help this holiday season. Les Schwab is on the front lines. They have partnered not only with themselves, but Aramark and also Food Lifeline. Food Lifeline, if you're new to the area, they're a great uh, umbrella organization that takes care of over three hundred food shelters throughout the state and so they make sure that those areas around the state of washington that need food they get food and the cool thing is you can drop off food or you can drop off a cash donation or you can just do it online les schwab 
uh, forward slash Ron and Don. That's Les Schwab forward slash Ron and Don. And you can leave a donation today. All right. If you need us, just reach out. Ron and Don, sit down.com. If we're going to do a real estate deal in 2024, we should be talking right now in the fall of 2023. And if you need Ron, just write him. Ron at Ron and Don.com. And I'm Don at Ron and Don.com. Don O'Neill on all my Facebook pages and Instagram. And he's Ron Upshaw as well. Till next time, as I said, for Charlie the Dog, here comes my son to lock us out. You keep your head up and your shoulders back. And Paul, thanks for producing over in Ireland. How about that? Yeah, you're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thank <laughs> you.